Welcome back to this week's edition of Sports Blogger Radio, sponsored by FanJunkies.net. I am your host, John Larry, and with me is always Scott Daniel Paye Blooney. That's better. I like that one. <laughs> Today is going to be an open forum day. We're going to talk about whatever. We're going to talk about Boston sports, obviously. We're going to talk about some other type of things that are going on. So, you know, really no structure. Mainly the Bruins because that's kind of what's happening right now and that's it. Yeah, in that's, everyone's that's what's world. Hot. That's what's but hot. we also, you know, there's also been – maybe we could start with this actually because this is something we could just go over real quick. Um, there's a rumor about uh, the – I guess they're the Pelicans actually, the New Orleans mm-hmm. Pelicans or whatever. <laughs> Not the Hornets, the Pelicans. Um, trading away – Paul Pierce and Avery Bradley for Eric Gordon, who's a shooting guard who hasn't played a full season since 2008 or 2009. Um, I really don't know. It's not like a silly rumor, right? That uh, better be that better be a rumor because that is the most stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, apparently, apparently the Celtics have been discussing and talking with the Pelicans, quote unquote, about a trade. The Celtics are internally discussing multiple options. Gordon is one of them. What? Yeah, exactly. What makes absolutely no sense. I mean, unless unless the Celtics are trying to salary dump something and get this guy in return to maybe I don't know trade away or do something with him, it makes absolutely no sense for Boston to take on a, well, a guy that can't hasn't had you know a, a healthy season in four in four seasons basically. So, so <laughs> what if what if it's a what if it's a because the the thing with Paul Pierce is that. He might, he could be bought out. He could, you know, be traded away. Like he could be given like somewhere away. What if it's like a three-way trade? I mean, I remember talking earlier about how there was a possibility of getting like DeAndre Jordan and Eric Bledsoe uh, from the LA Clippers. Like, what if we're talking a three-way deal for Gordon and you know two other players and moving Pierce in some other parts? Like, do you think that it's worth moving Pierce? Um, and Avery Bradley to acquire, you know, maybe players like Bledsoe or Gordon or DeAndre Jordan. Like, is it worth moving him at this point? I mean, in all purposes, I think it is worth moving Paul Pierce. Uh, as, as sad as I, I am to say that, uh, it, you know, let's let's try to get something for him. You know what I mean? Let's get let's get all we can from Paul Pierce. Um, but in return, I don't. I mean. Yeah, but so that sounds like a pretty good deal and stuff like that. But you mentioned Avery Bradley in that. I don't. I don't want to part ways with Avery Bradley yet. I think he's still. I think he's still kind of scratching the surface of being pretty good. And you know, I. I sure as heck wouldn't trade for the guy in uh in the Pelicans, man. I, I mean, unless someone else is getting him and we're yeah, getting someone you know, better. Eric Gordon, again, he played. Eric Gordon, that's right. He played. Uh, 62 games. I think that was actually the lockout season, so it might have been short. But in um, 2010, he played 56 games. Um, in 2011, he only played nine games. He had an injury, and then last year he had um, some kind of injury. I forget what it was. Like it was a, a, a tear or something like that, or something. But regardless, bone spurs or something like oh, that. Oh, bone spurs. Yes, you're right, bone spurs. Um, yeah. So it's like this guy's injury prone, and like he's a good shooter. Yeah, he averages 
seventeen points per game, which is not like like super great it's, or anything. No, it's it's pretty average for a pro basketball player. You know well, what I mean? For they're a all guard, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean they're all pretty good shooters. I mean, but it's not worth it's not worth it. Yeah, it, it's really not. It's I mean, you have the Celtics' all-time leading scorer in Paul Pierce, and yet you're willing to tr- just you know buy him out and then take a you know a roster spot basically it's not worth it to me yeah. it really isn't i mean I, I don't know maybe the maybe the listeners can you know give us their input on that cuz uh i'd really like to know what their thoughts are <clears throat> is paul pierce the all-time leading scorer i believe so yeah um i believe he pa- he surpassed which i believe was larry bird um maybe this this year. No, yeah. he he yeah. surpassed Larry Bird, but he's under John Havlicek. Oh, all right. Or, or, I'm not sure you pronounce it. For all time leading scorer? Yeah. So he's got twenty two thousand five hundred and ninety one. Okay. So he passed Larry Bird, so that's pretty impressive. Well, that's I mean, Larry Bird is a legend, so Come Yeah, on. but yeah, so you know, I, I also agree. I I mean well if we can trade away Pierce, then we have to do it with something that has a lot of return. Because if not, if it's like some mediocre deal, I'd rather just like have him in a relegated bench position and like retire Abs- in a in a green uniform. Absolutely, absolutely, I I fully agree. Like I would much. You're right. I would much rather see him stay with the Celtics if they're not going to get much in return. You know what I mean? If if they buy him out, that's one thing. I think that would be okay. Um, because then they can go ahead and use that money. Actually, no, if they're buying them out, that wouldn't really free up any money, right? No. Well, I mean, if if they buy them out, then they have a roster spot they can fill and they can use trades and stuff like that. But yeah, I I, I think that what would be optimal, in my opinion, is if they can't get a great deal, if they can't get a deal that gets like DeAndre Jordan, Eric Bledsoe, if they can can somehow finagle like that kind of deal for – Paul Pierce and not Avery Bradley. Like it's it's like so up up like it's so like um like it's so biased towards uh, towards the Celtics. But like honestly, like he's our captain. He's been a captain since we were a crappy team. And uh, uh, yeah, know, like, I, well that's exactly. I right. don't want to see him go for nothing. And that was exactly. Just, well, like, that's after that, so much time, he just like you know left for you know a, a crappy deal. So that's uh, and and it almost feels like that. You know what is it? What does it say about the front office? Are they saying that? Oh well, this is all we can get for you, so we're going to go ahead and take it. I mean, that's not. I mean, the guy has stayed with you through thick and thin. I mean, he obviously stuck with you, like stuck with the Celtics when he could have easily run off and you know signed a deal with the Lakers or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, well there's a poll. It is it, on on ESPN. It's uh, who is the least likely to be with the Celtics next season, and. Uh, like about 18,000 people have voted and Paul Pierce leads with 54% of the voters feel like he will not be on the Celtics next year. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think he will either. Um, I just think it's, I just think that if they're going to do it, they need to go about it the right way. Um, they can't just, you know, we don't want a messy divorce as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, ultimately you see after these plans that something must change on that team. Oh, absolutely. So, if you, if you want to be a contending team, whether it means like beginning to restructure and give this team to uh, Jeff Green and Rajon Rondo and start building around them, or whether that means you know selling out and or not selling out, but you know clearing house a little bit and trying to get you know sell uh, trade Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and our veteran leaders for some younger talent. 
I, I think, you know, and here's, uh, here's my thought on it. And green teamers out there are going to probably be mad at me for it. But I think, honestly, you, you start to rebuild. You, you know, you get rid of. I think it's that time. I think it's the end of it. I think it is that time. I really do. I mean, uh, you know, thank you, Kevin Garnett. Thank you, Paul Pierce, for everything you guys have done. Um, I would never take away your heart, but it's time to move on. It really is. I think, I think that you're right. I'm not, I mean, I'm not the, the biggest Celtics fan, but I still, I, I'm, I love Paul Pierce for, I mean, he lived in the town next to me and he was always like, always awesome in the community. And he's always like awesome playing when we weren't really a contender at all. And he, right. I remember going to games as a kid and he was the only one working that hard. Um, that was back when Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce were like the big two. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day. But, yeah. um, Listen, they still went to the playoffs again, and you know, even though they lost to the Pacers, they still went. You know? Yeah, so. just like I, you know, I, uh, I think that, you know, if if there if it comes a deal that is very good that can send Kevin Garnett somewhere or Paul Pierce somewhere, I say do it. Then it's probably worth doing. If they can't get an outstanding deal, then just like keep them on the bench, and then we'll have one of the better benches in the NBA. But we need to work on you know, having some talent. I, I don't think that he's going to be in a starting position on the Celtics next year for sure. Um, no. No, I, I, but I don't know much about, I don't know that much. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, we are no experts. No. All right. Um, so that actually kind of opens up a little bit of a uh, um, situation. I think that in, in the Red Sox organization here, <clears throat> you know, for a couple pa- you know, past couple of shows, we've been talking about how the Red Sox have been amazing and been playing great, but lately they've been struggling a lot. Um, I don't know exactly what their record is for the month of May, but I'm pretty sure it's not that great. I mean, they just... Yeah, they've lost two in a row now to the White Sox after winning. They actually won They won five, five in a row. row. Yeah, they but, won five in a row. But before they won five in a row, they were... I think I believe they lost 11 they, out of the 12 games or... Before, before uh, the five in a row, they went about four and... 10 or something like that so yeah so i mean that is uh that they went from you know first place to i think they're in second place now though right um uh i i, I would assume so yes i don't they're they're uh yeah i don't have the ranking i mean they're 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 losing to the yankees i know that they're not uh, uh they're, they're on, on espn it gives them uh they're, they have a 27-17 record, and they're on the fifth ranking on the power rankings. So that's not terrible. We're no, some... I, 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 I'm sorry for anybody that misunderstood. I'm not saying that they're a bad team. No, 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 they're, no, no, they, no. they're hitting a sl- they're hitting their slump, and I don't know if it's a good thing that they're hitting might be hitting it now. I'd rather them hit um, it now actually, and then work out of it. Uh, you know, they they got off to a torrid start. They were doing so well, and. Yeah. I'd rather them hit it now and learn and kind of regroup earlier on in the season and then um, use that experience because you're right. The White Sox is not the White Sox are not a uh, they're not a very good team this year. And yeah, so um, right now our current record is 27 and 19, which is not which is good by all expectations. I thought they're going to be struggling uh, to break 500 this year. So to answer to answer my own question, uh, the Red Sox are in second place. They're only a game and a half away um, out of first. Um, they got a pretty decent um, lead. Uh, you know, Baltimore is in third with uh, their four games back, and Tampa's tied with that. Toronto still ten games back. Yeah, you know Toronto. What? Switching, you know, kind of on along lines of the Red Sox. Um, old 
skipper Tito Francona, man, he is he is bringing the Cleveland Indians back. Good. Have I, you, I would like to see him do well. He, really he, he is. Uh, I mean, these guys that are playing on his, uh, that are playing for him love Tito. I mean, uh, the, you, you've uh, the players in the Red Sox organization said it too. They always love Tito. They, he's a, he's a player's coach, but they are just they're playing it there. Heart out for this guy, and that's great because you know they're in first place. Um, they have the fifth overall ranking in runs, and they have the fifth overall on base percentage with uh, right. three, about three thirty three. So, right. and it, and the good thing is, I mean, all right, there, the thing is, is they they only have a game and a half lead over Detroit, but I mean it's the Cleveland Indians. I mean, yeah. So we've all seen Major League here. We all know what the Cleveland Indians are expected to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um. <laughs> But yeah, you know, honestly, first of all, we got Buckles playing on uh, well tonight, which is Wednesday for us, which will be tomorrow. By the time you hear this, will be. But Buckles has been on a tear. Buckles he's been on a tear. Yep. And he's up against I mean, Santiago, who's one and two, who's not a who's not a fantastic pitcher for the, the White thing Sox. Is, uh, we was it on uh, Monday night? Monday night, uh, John Lester. Yeah. He, yeah, he pitched and he uh, he gave up what four runs? Six six runs and in five innings, or yeah, four runs and in five innings, something like that. I don't know what is that all about. I mean, John Lester and you yeah, know, you have, you have nights off, you have off nights, man. Like it's whatever. I'm not worried about him. He's already being he's already exceeding my expectations. I suffer from in the off season, and Pupples yeah. is honestly at this point, you know, early AL Cy Young contention um, with. Uh, <clears throat> He has a sub two ERA, and he... you're talking about Buckles right now, right? Buckles, did I say Lester. Yeah. All right, Buckles. No, 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 no. I just, I, I, I didn't. Go ahead. Yeah, Buckles, you know, playing on another level right now. The whole spitballing thing was so stupid, by the way. Whoever is the reporters who who start talking about that shit, oh, stuff. That was so bad. Um, like you know, excuse my language, but like that is just so dumb. Uh. You like just because a guy's got sunscreen and you know a resin on, resin on his arm, rosin. You know what I mean. Uh, the biggest thing is, is wow, well, Scott, I can't be screwed that up. <laughs> um, biggest thing is, is the you know it was the Toronto, I believe, GM is what it what That's it so was. Dumb. It's <clears throat> looking for excuses for your team absolutely sucking. Like, ow. Well, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, it was in Toronto. The roof was open. The sun was bearing down. I I how I'm pretty sure that every major league player in the MLB wears some sort of sunscreen on their arm. You know what I mean? Just because he was just because he touched his arm and then like went ahead and was pitching. I don't I don't I don't see the big deal. Yeah, I don't get it either, man. I really don't understand. I well, it's not, it's not even that. Like, it's fine for someone to have suspicions and like casually like, hey, want to check his arm or something like that. But like to make a huge spectacle out of it, like. The Red Sox organization is cheating. Like the pitchers are cheating. Like Clay yeah, everybody Buckles is, deserve. Yeah, like, everybody's using PEDs. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, oh my God, it's ridiculous. And the, the whoever broke it, I think it was like the uh, sportscasters and the manager was talking about it. Like, grow up, man. You guys are getting your butts kicked, and like, just deal with it. Like, honestly, like you're supposed to have the best team in the MLB. You got R.I. Dickey. You got you know Bautista. You got Jose Reyes. You have you know Mark elite. Burley. All-star cast of players, and you still can't even get out of you know. It just it, it, like, and I've said this many, many times. It just tell, it just proves to you that money cannot buy you championships. You it's have to build the Miami Heat. Well, the thing is, is you have to build camaraderie. You have to. 
You can't just put a bunch of all-stars together and expect them to go out and, and dominate everything. Alex the Lakers. Exactly. I mean, Dwight Howard is a soap opera waiting to happen. I cannot. You know I cannot. I was watching SportsCenter today, and they're like, all right, let's talk about where Dwight Howard's going. I'm like, oh, my God, not again. Oh. It's, it's not going to end. The thing is, is Dwight Howard, and I'm glad this is open for him because this is great. Um, Dwight Howard needs to be in a on a team where it is Dwight Howard's team. It's yes. as simple as that. He And he doesn't know it because he had that in Orlando. That was Dwight Howard's team. It's not even like – it was like on ESPN they're talking about today how he was competing for respect with like – like Kobe and um, Steve Nash and didn't understand why he wasn't getting the same respect from because, Mike Tony because it's Steve Nash and Kobe and Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Exactly. Like, what my do you point? think, exactly. dude? Like, we get like, that you're a great player, but you're not like the illustrious all-star that Steve Nash or Kobe Bryant are. Like, you go into you go into Los you know you become a uh, Los Angeles Laker. I'm sorry to say that's Kobe Bryant's team. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what where you came from. You came from the Orlando Magic. You've made it into the finals once since Shaquille O'Neal played. Shut up and play basketball. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And you know the fact that and this is something I thought about now. And you know there's you know Vinny Del Negro from um the uh Clippers was fired. And you see that you know Stan Van Gundy when he was um coaching for Orlando was fired with with the Dwight Howard thing like has it come to a point where on some teams coaches have more power? I mean, players have players. more power than the coaches, which is ridiculous I, to me. Because I'm beginning to think so, man. And to be honest with you, it, it's it's absolutely sickening. I mean, Vinny Del Negro, yeah, he had a couple bad seasons, and uh, he brought them to the playoffs this year. But yeah, he brought them to the play. He brought them to the playoffs two years in a row. So it's that like, says something. I I, I, just, I don't understand because you know the you're coaches, also talking. About- you're also talking about the same coach that brought the LA, uh, excuse me, LA Clippers to the playoffs two years in a row. That brought the Chicago Bulls from the grave and took them to the playoffs. So you know, I just I, I think it's you know, first of all, Vinny Del Negro did not deserve deserve to get fired. But the thing no, is, no, absolutely not. He was not. He was at odds with um, Chris Paul, and that. Oh, is, shocker! And so, so and, another another friggin'. Um, soap opera waiting to happen is but, Chris Paul. But Blake Griffin I, and Chris Paul are kind of competing for it to be their team. It's obviously Chris Paul's team. Blake Griffin, he's I think he's going to get dealt somewhere in the next couple of years because he is the, he, it's not that he doesn't work with the, the Clippers, but he wants his own team, like you said. It's, selfish players basically, you know, uh, and uh, this is a rant, and I know that we are just talking about like the Red Sox, but this is a rant. <laughs> like, uh, players basically like owning their coaches, which is like not the way it's supposed to work. Like we went through like we have all been coached in our lives at some point playing sports. And, like, the coach earns your respect. Like, you earn the coach's respect, not the other way around. Like, just exactly. because you're the all-star, you're in the, the Kia commercials, you're in the whatever commercials. Like, yeah. you – I think the biggest thing is, is and you'll – like, you said it You said it exactly right. Like, if you if we go back to the Dwight Howard thing, Dwight Howard was given the opportunity, okay, in Orlando, and then says, okay – you know, we've had a tr- pretty tremendous, uh, not tremendous, uh, uh, tremendously bad year, and we have two choices. We can trade you to a, another team, or we can fire the coach. What do you want to do? He goes, fire the coach. So what happens? They fire the coach. The following year, he goes, you gets traded, yeah. He gets traded because he was crying because he, you know, I don't want to sign an extension, or I don't want to do that. You know what, dude? Like, 
ridiculous. I just I just think that you know one of the things that makes Doc Rivers such a great coach is that that would never happen in, on his team no. ever. No. no. Well, I mean, you you look at the exact like prime example is when they put the original well not the original excuse me the um the next generation um big three they brought in ray allen first right yeah ray allen came in then kevin garnett came in and both of those guys knew exactly what to say yep they had to either buy into the system or or it's not going to work and doc rivers is not the one who's going it's either it's you guys like that's the thing it's exactly they even paul pierce like all of them i mean that was paul pierce's team for the longest time but paul pierce says it's not my team it's our team Mm -hmm. that says it all the new generation of players is reflecting the new generation of kids just selfish and and you know bitching what can you do what can you do for me what can you do for me? Yeah, so I, all, all right, rant, rant over basically, just like, <laughs> but just like you know, um, you know, I, it goes to show that it's it's the coaches, you know, the coaches are the guys who who you earn their respect. It's not the other way around. It's not the coach trying to earn your respect as a player. So, um, okay, you know, well, well, that that will lead us into our next topic then. Coaches at fall, if. The New York Rangers. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> if the New York Rangers lose Thursday night, oh my gosh, will they fire John Tortorella? Uh, I think they're go. I mean, I think is, yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. I think I think so. Um, now let me. Ask you this. It's not even. It's like, like, have you been like seeing his post game interviews and stuff? Oh yeah. Well, this this is gonna. Well, this is my next question to you. John Tortorello has the most perfect attitude for New York media-driven city. Am I am I wrong? He has a guy. His got attitude it. is not the problem. The problem is him calling out his own players all the time in, in to the media. Uh, he's got to hold him. Hey, he's the coach. He's got to hold yeah, him. Yeah, but no, but okay. It, it's one thing. Hold, it's hold, it's one thing if you're in the locker room and, and you're talking about it to individual players. It's nothing if you're going on, you know, in front of a press conference and saying Carl, Hag- Carl Haglin stinks, like he's a terrible player in the power play, like <laughs> like singling out one dude and being like this guy sucks. And like, I'm not gonna. I'm not about to question. I mean, he's a great coach. I I think he's. I think he's hilarious, honestly. I think he's a tough. I I, I think so too. I think I would, I would love to have some beers with him. I'd love to chill out with him. I think he's a great. John Tortorello is honestly really refreshing in the coaching position, at least in, at least in my eyes, because at least he tells it like it is. But the thing is, if he's if this is his strategy to basically call like he's been calling out his players, he even called out Lundquist at some point, like kind of like discreetly, but like. If, if you're gonna do that, then they, and, and there's no results, then that means that there's something not working there. Oh yeah. Well, so I, like that's the thing, you know. Like here's something that I uh, and I we talked about this earlier before the show, and I, and I have to say it because uh, NBC uh, uh, Sports talked about it last night, and they said that John Tedarello, when he was in Buffalo, had the number one uh, power play in all of NHL because. I mean, you you know because you've watched the, the Bruins play, and the, when he was on the team or when he was coaching the power play, they were the most dominant power players out there. And now, now they're the, they're bad. They're bad. I mean, they're they're worse than the Boston Bruins power play. And you know what? And with the the firing of Elaine Vigneault, 
which happened earlier today from the Canucks, the head coach of the Canucks. Like, really? You know what? Like, if there, we could, like, you know, we could see some, um, some coaching changes up in Vancouver. I mean, I think he'd be great for Vancouver. He's just like the players. He's chippy. He uh, talks a lot of crap, and uh, he has John Tortorella to the Canucks. He hasn't had the stuff to back it up this season. And I'm sorry for all if we have any Rangers fans, which I'm sure we don't. But um, if we do, like, <laughs> like, um, the re- listen if for any you know if there are any Rangers fans, like you said, we do not hate the Rangers. We don't. No, it's, um, in yeah, fact, it, we actually really respect the Rangers, and we we um, that's just uh, you know we respect them. It's, I was I was hoping that we wouldn't have to play them because I like them a lot actually. That's it. You know what I mean? If it, if it, we've talked about it, if it wasn't um, because of uh, you know, if, if the Bruins didn't win Game Seven, guess what? We would have been. Uh, I would have been on the Rangers bandwagon. We would have been on the Rangers side. We would have been rooting for them. Yeah, but um, you know, that's just an interesting kind of development. Elaine Vigneault fired. Um, Jordan Tortorella probably on the hot seat. Um, you know, just the Bruins, and, and you know, the power play has been terrible, and they've had they had so many opportunities at home. The Bruins had again no opportunities because we're the Bruins, and the refs are always going to call against us. And um, actually, oh, no, no, don't no, be biased. No, no, don't be biased. Come on, come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, there, Alex Ovechkin, calm it down. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm just saying, you know, how many high sticks are they going to throw before there's a call, and how many faces are going to be bloodied open, you know? Until I, I I will say, watching Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday night's game. There was a lot of – not Tuesday night. Both, both sides. Both yeah, Tuesday night's Tuesday game, night. yeah. Um, there was a lot of blown calls, both both ways. I mean, both the ways. game was terrible. But the most blatant night. was the high stick, the, the high stick on Chara that cut his face open. Cut his know? face, yeah. And, you know, he that would have been a four-minute, you know, penalty where Rick – where um, Callahan is off the ice, who is one of their big penalty killers, and that could have been – Huge Bruins. I mean, we won anyway because we want it more. And because, I mean, this Stan Fischler guy talking about how the Bruins' fourth line wasn't as good as the <laughs> Rangers' fourth line now that they're better for a year. I mean, our fourth line single-handedly, you know, kicked ass last night, uh, Tuesday night. So, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think that we just have the depth right now. Our fourth liners want it. Um, our go- uh, Tuca is making saves when he needs to. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't really been challenged that much, to be perfectly honest, but he comes up with big saves. When you come when you come at Tuca with speed, he's not as good, but in those kind of situations where game is the game is slowed down, he's just as good as any goaltender. And, you Absolutely. Know, and Absolutely. Uh, I think that he was slighted for the Vesna, but, like, whatever. That's a different conversation, but I think that right now we're just we're just playing flat out better on all kind of we're, – we're playing better defensively. We're getting – contributions from uh, our younger defensemen offensively and defensively good plays. Well, that um, brings another uh, quick topic up is Tory Krug. Yeah, everyone's obsessed uh, what, with him. Like everybody's obsessed with him. He's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I like it. I like it. He's the best. Just, just we haven't had a guy like him before. We haven't had like he's a PK he's a PK Subban defenseman guy who comes up on the rush, who carries the ice in the offensive zone. It's not that exactly. He, it's he not can that carry the puck. That, it's not that he's that He's good. He's got a good skill set. It's not that he's that great, but like oh, I'm not saying just, he's like I'm not just, saying he's the next Ray Borg, but I'm just saying he is. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's bringing something to the Bruins exactly that we that, haven't had that we haven't had in in a very long time, and now it, it's a great feeling to see him. I mean, I, I mean, the two goals that he scored, very skilled, and and his uh, his his assist where he uh, shot it off of. Um, 
uh, Lundqvist to create a rebound for Gregory Campbell for a backhanded goal. Yes, um, yes exactly. That, that was also a skill play. And you know what? I, I agree with you. I think that he's a valuable asset to the team. It will be really interesting to see where he fits in next season if uh, Claude Julie wants to bring him up because we have issues with Ferentz right now. We have issues with Wade Redden right now. So it's it's interesting. But I think Dennis it's definitely... Steinberg too. How long is Dennis Steinberg locked up for? I don't, I don't know how long he's locked up for. I know that he'll be back soon. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be taking the place of Dougie Hamilton because Dougie's been playing like crap lately. But um, Yeah. I mean, Doug, Dougie Hamilton... Uh, Doug, excuse me, Dougie Hamilton gave up a really bad breakaway um, the other uh, on Sunday night, uh, which led to a Rick uh, Cali goal. Uh, Cali uh, Callahan goal. I mean, he he's young. He he should have been able to like skate right past that guy. You know. Yeah. He, you know he, what? Kinda... That was a brat. That was a bad play. Marshawn pa- t- coughed it up, and there was t- poor defense. Then Tuca wasn't on his angle, and he just kind of went down real real quick. <clears throat> Um, but you know what? Ultimately, we have just completely outplayed the Rangers, and I expect nothing less. I we could sweep. Honestly, it's hard to say because I thought that, that the Rangers would come out with a little more intensity on Game Three and um, a little more want. Instead, the Bruins were basically in their zone for the, the better of two periods, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, I expected more from them, and. Uh, at this point, it could be a sweep. It could be five games. It's definitely not going more than six games, I don't think. Um, I originally had Bruins in six. Um, I don't think it's going to make it to game seven. I don't think there's any possibility of that. Um, no, I, I do. I, I believe you. I, I I feel that the Bruins will uh, at least finish it up in five if they don't do it in four. Uh, real quick, because I know we're running out of time. What do you think about keeping the lines the way they are? Uh, I, think, I think it's worked. I think that Sagan um, – I mean, honestly, actually, you could switch Sagan and Yager. Yager is he he slows the play that he slows the game down in a good way, and he does well, and he he's able to create offense. He's but he is always laboring. He's always kind of slow and sluggish, and he hasn't he's had so many wide open nets that he's just like either fanned on or missed. If yeah. you put Sagan in that position, Sagan has been flying lately. He's trying to earn his spot back on the second line or first line, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, Sagan, I mean, a lot of people are giving him uh, – a lot of people saying that he's not playing that great. When you're on a line with Rich Peverly, like, and Rich Peverly is literally falling all over the ice, not doing anything to contribute, like, it's tough. You know, it's like – honestly, whenever that line's out there, they're playing with a man down because Rich Peverly, I'm sorry, but I'm calling you out. You are playing terrible right now. So. I know. I, I agree. Um, so that's all the time we have for today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Please continue to tune in so we can fight to get a live show. Um, that was kind of a rant episode, but that was pretty awesome. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that was our open forum right there. Um, all right, guys, I'd also like you to tune in to Fan Junkies Radio, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with your host, Jonathan Ragus and Michael McShay at 12 p.m. on those days. And please tune in to Michael McShay at 5 Minutes at the Frat House on Saturdays at 1. And as always, find us on Twitter at Sports Blogger and search for us on Facebook, guys. Thanks.